Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're all doing very well. Um, We had a wonderful weekend. We went and got pumpkins with our kids and it's kind of a family tradition. And it was just a beautiful day and the sun was bright and the sky was beautiful and the trees were bright and beautiful. And anyway, it was wonderful. I interviewed Becky McIntosh last week, and I cannot wait for you to hear her interview. She's fantastic, but she said something during the interview that had me thinking all the rest of last week and this weekend about her, what she said. And this is what she said. She said, there are no perfect families in the scriptures. And I started thinking about how often, you know, we beat ourselves up as parents, um, and feel like we get embarrassed by judgments of others, worrying about other people's thoughts about us. Um, we feel we fail in a lot of areas, you know, we could have done things different or better. And I started to formulate different families in the scriptures that could be an example to show you that there are no perfect families in the scriptures and that perfection is not on this earth. And this is all about progression and the things that we are learning. Um, there's a beautiful talk by, um, D Todd Christopherson and it's why the family, why marriage And this is one thing he said in there that I wanted to read off to you before I start talking about all these different families. He said in the premortal world, Lucifer rebelled against God and his plan and his opposition only grows in intensity. He fights to discourage marriage and the formation of families and where marriages and families are formed. He does what he can to disrupt them. He attacks everything that is sacred about human sexuality, tearing it from the context of marriage with a seemingly infinite array of immoral thoughts and acts. He seeks to convince men and women that marriage and family priorities can be ignored or abandoned, or at least made subservient to careers, other achievements, and the quest for self-fulfillment and individual autonomy. Certainly the adversary is pleased when parents neglect to teach their children to have faith in Christ and be spiritually born again, brothers and sisters. Many things are good, many are important, but only a few are essential. So we know that Satan is working very hard and that he rebelled against God's plan and that he wants to destroy the family. And as he is seeking to destroy, we need to do everything we can to arm ourselves with knowledge and information that can help us to do better as parents to raise our children in love and righteousness. Um, I, so what I did is I first did some reading just on under gospel talk topics and things like that about the family. And I, uh, read a quote in there that I wanted to share like about our purpose. So it says pre-mortality refers to our life before we were born on this earth in our pre earth life. We lived in the presence of our heavenly father as his spirit children. We did not have physical bodies, and in this premortal existence, we attended a council with Heavenly Father's other spirit children, and at that council, Heavenly Father presented his great plan of happiness. 
In harmony with the plan of happiness, the premortal Jesus Christ, the firstborn son of the father and the spirit covenanted to be the savior. Those who followed heavenly father and Jesus Christ were permitted to come to the earth to experience mortality and progress towards eternal life. Did you notice how, you know, um, this life is not about perfection. It's about progression. And we are all trying to progress towards eternal life. Lucifer, another spirit son of God, rebelled against the plan and sought to destroy the agency of man. He became Satan and he and his followers are, were cast out of heaven and denied the privileges of receiving a physical body and experiencing mortality. Throughout your premortal life, we developed our identity and increased our spiritual capabilities. Blessed with the gift of agency, we made important decisions such as decisions to follow Heavenly Father's plan. These decisions affected our life then and now. We grew in intelligence and learned to love the truth, and we prepared to come to the earth where we could continue to progress. So we were intelligences, and we lived with our Heavenly Father, and we have gifts and talents that we grew to love and receive, and um, we are not perfect, and no family in the scriptures is perfect. And what we can do though, is as we study and read them, we can learn how things were handled and how we can adjust our ways so that our repentance process as parents and children can be a constant basis of turning, having a fresh view, learning something new, having a fresh view of ourselves, of God, of the world, and being a, not such a negative thing, but a positive thing. So I first wanted to share. Um, so we know we, we lived with our father in heaven. We came here to receive bodies. We have our agency to choose and our children have the same gift. And we, as parents, I know we love, and we're so happy when they do choose to follow God's plan, but if they don't choose to follow God's plan, there are things that we, as with our agency need to continue to do. So I first thought about the story of Adam and Eve. Okay. So it says in Moses chapter five, Adam knew his wife and she bare unto him sons and daughters, and they began to multiply and replenish the earth. And from that time, the sons and daughters of Adam began to divide two and two in the land and to till the land and attend the flocks. And they begat sons and daughters. And it says that Adam and Eve were blessed and that they made everything known unto their sons and their daughters and that they were obedient and faithful, and they continued to call upon God. Now they had two sons. They had a son named Cain and a son named Abel and, and they had other sons and daughters, but she, um, Eve bear her son, bear son, her son, Abel, and he hearkened unto the voice of the Lord and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And Cain loved Satan more than God. And Satan commanded him saying, make an offering unto the Lord. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought a firstling of the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. So Cain was, um, Satan knew that Cain was upset and Cain was wroth about his offering wasn't received. And so his countenance fell and, um, things didn't go well. So Cain decides that he is going to take Abel's life. 
And it says that in 20, verse 27, Adam and his wife, Eve, mourned before the Lord because of Cain and his brethren. So as parents, I am sure that we have all had moments where we have mourned um, our decision that our child's made, something that they've gone through that, you know, we, we pain for that. And we've had children that have contended with each other that have gotten, not, not gotten along just like Cain and Abel, but we need to be as Adam and Eve and remain faithful and true and love our children and do everything that we can to teach them and continue to call upon the Lord. The next family that I thought about was Abraham's family. So Abraham, he in the land of Chaldeans, at the residence of my father's, I, Abraham, saw that it was needful for me to obtain another place of residence. Okay, so Abraham, I'm sure most of you know this, but his father tried to take his life. And they, um, his fathers had turned from righteousness and from the commandments, and they were worshiping the heathen gods, and they refused to hearken unto God's voice. And so um, Abraham had a father that tried to take his life. And you can imagine his feelings, because his whole desire was to find greater happiness and peace. And so he sought the blessings of his father, fathers, and this is in the book of Abraham. And he said, and the right whereunto I should be ordained to administer the same, having been myself a follower of righteousness, desiring also to be one who possess great knowledge and be a great follower of righteousness and to possess great knowledge and be a father of many nations, a prince of peace, a desire and desiring to receive instructions and keep the commandments of God. I became a rightful heir, a high priest holding the right belonging to the fathers. So. Do you know anyone or have you had struggles with your child as a parent? Could you imagine a child having a parent that wanted to take their life? So there's no perfect family in the scriptures, but we see that Abraham as the son, he desired righteousness. He wanted to receive the blessings that God had for him. He wanted to possess greater knowledge. He wanted to be a prince of peace. So we, if there is trouble and conflict with our parents, you know, there are things that we can do as children to move forward in faith and charity towards them and to others. Okay. The next one that I thought about was in the old Testament, Joseph. Um, and in Genesis 37, three, it says, Jacob loved Joseph very much. And he gave him a coat of many colors. But because Joseph had brothers who were very jealous of him, they plotted to kill him. But instead of killing him, they sold him to merchants who were on their way to Egypt. Now, we know what happened, and Joseph really had to go through a lot. He went through a lot as he tried to do the right thing, but he had brothers that were jealous and plotted against him to lose his life. There are no perfect family in the scriptures, but Joseph, do you remember in the end, he provided a way for his family to live. He provided a way to sustain their life and he forgave and loved them. And he, um, didn't hold a grudge or cause them to be condemned or killed. His was a path of love and gratitude and 
the ability to help them. Okay. Then I thought about the prodigal son and you've got these two boys, two sons, and the younger son takes all of his portions and he heads off on a journey in a faraway country and he wastes his substances with riotous living. And there was a great famine that comes in the land and he wants to, um, fill his, he's so hungry that he'll fill his belly with husks from the swine. And this is all in Luke 15. And he decides he comes to himself and he realizes my dad has a lot and I'm going to die of hunger. So I'm going to go back to my father and I have, you know, going to, I'm going to repent. I'm going to change. So here you have a son that stayed with his father that was obedient and faithful and did the right thing. And then you had a younger son who took all of his, you know, wealth and um, substances and goes and wastes them all completely. So the father is the son is coming back. He has a large party and celebration for the return of his son. And you have an older brother. Um, he's that is upset. He's hurt. Um, and he says to his father, these many years, do I serve thee? Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as, as this, thy son has come, which that hath devoured with living with harlots, thou hast killed for him, the fatted calf. And he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this. Thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. There are no perfect families in the scriptures, but what did the father do? The father showed tremendous love to his sons, both sons, one that returned from a hard life and one that had remained faithful. And he says, everything that I have is yours. So as parents, as we're going through hard things and we've got children that are choosing different ways, how are we going to respond? What are we going to do? Are we going to be like the prodigal uh, son's father and let both of these children know the love that we have for them? Okay. The next family that I thought about was Lehi and Sariah's family. And you know the story of, you know, Nephi and Sam, they they wanted to obey God and receive revelation and do right and try to learn and grow. And Laman and Lemuel had a lot of struggles. They murmured a lot and complained a lot and felt like they'd been short sighted and have short changed and having to leave Jerusalem and going through all this hardship, they were very bitter and they did a lot of abuse on their brother. And, um, if you remember after the boat is, is, um, constructed and they get on the ship, they get very merry and excited and the compass starts to not work. And so they don't know where to steer the ship and this storm arises and it's, it's a tempest that is driving them back on the waters. And it's for the space of three days. And they start to get nervous that they think they're going to drown at sea but they still would not loosen the bands that they had on their brother Nephi. So on the fourth day, which I love because you got to go listen to my podcast on the fourth watch, the tempest really became really sore 
really strong. And they were being swallowed up in the depths of the sea. And they began, his brethren, Ishmael's sons too, they began to see the judgments of God were upon them and they were going to perish if they didn't repent of their iniquities. Now, they took the bands from uh, Nephi and his wrists, he said, were exceedingly swollen and his ankles were swollen and great was the soreness thereof. But what does Nephi say? Nevertheless, I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long. And I did not murmur against the Lord because of my infirmities. So in our families, if there is somebody that is being unkind to us and has kind of bound us up in a sense, in a, in a, in a symbolic sense, when we are loosed, are we going to thank the Lord, our God and praise him all the day long and not murmur against those infirmities? And you got to remember too, that um, Lehi, um, Nephi's father, they breathed, they, they gave, they said threatening things to him and Nephi's parents were old in years and they had suffered much. And you remember that Sariah had two little ones, you know, Jacob and Joseph, and they were young and they needed nourishment. And there was a time where Nephi thought that his parents might go down to their grave. And he said a watery grave into a watery grave. And this is what I love what he said. And there was, and this is in verse 20, he said, and there was nothing save it were the power of God, which threatened them with destruction could soften their hearts. Wherefore they say they saw that they were about to be swallowed in the depths of the sea. And they repented of the things which they had done. And so the important thing is, is to remember, there are no perfect families in the scriptures. And when things are being done to us by our family members, our siblings, we need to make sure that we have our hearts in the right places so that we don't let the decay destroy us, that we are able to feel God's love and move forward with um, humility and forgiveness in our heart. The next um, family that I thought about in the scriptures was Alma the Younger. So you've got to remember that um, there were a lot of persecutions going on in the church and the, by these unbelievers, and it became so great that the church, the church members began to murmur and complain to their leaders. And so Alma goes before King Mosiah and Mosiah goes and consults with his priests, um, of what to do. And so King Mosiah sends a proclamation throughout all the land roundabout that there should not any unbeliever persecute any of those who belong to the church of God. And so there was a strict command that went throughout all the land, that there should be no persecution, that there should be equality among all men, and they shouldn't let pride or haughtiness disturb their peace, and that every man should esteem his neighbor as himself, laboring with his own hands for his support. Yea, and all the priests and teachers should labor with their own hands for their support in all cases, save it were in sickness or much want, and doing these things, they did abound in the grace of God. Now, there began to come peace in the land, and the people began to be very numerous and began to scatter abroad on the face of the earth. And the Lord did visit them and prosper them, and they became a large and wealthy people. But in verse 8, it tells us that the sons of Mosiah, so King Mosiah had sons, and they were numbered among the unbelievers. And also one of the sons of Alma was numbered among them, he being called Alma. 
after his father. Nevertheless, he became a very wicked and idolatrous man, and he was a man of many words and did speak much flattery to the people. Therefore, he led many of the people to do all manner of iniquity, and he became a great hindrament to the prosperity of the church of God, stealing away the hearts of the people, causing much dissension among the people, giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. Now it came to pass that they, while they were going about to destroy the church of God, he did go about secretly with the sons of Mosiah seeking to destroy the church and to lead astray the people of the Lord, contrary to the commandments of God, or even the King. So here you have, um, the, this fam these families, you have Mosiah with his sons and you have Alma with his son, and they're seeking to destroy the church. So how many of us have children that no longer want to participate in the gospel? And how are we responding? How are we handling it? You know, it tells us in the scriptures that it was the prayers and fasting of the people and his father, Alma, that an angel comes and appears to him and says, why are you destroying the church? Stop destroying the church. And Alma is laying stricken. And in the deepest, darkest place, and until he calls upon the savior, Jesus Christ, is that darkness able to leave him? So all of us are going through different things in our families and we all have our opportunity to choose to have our agency. And I just want you to remember, cause it was very comforting for me when I thought about this, that there are no perfect families in the scriptures. And we're all just trying our very best to progress. And truly the answer is love. And I want to end this, a podcast episode with a quote from Dieter F. Uchtdorf. And this is what he said, whatever problems your family is facing, whatever you must do to solve them, the beginning and the end of the solution is charity, the pure love of Christ without this love. Even seemingly perfect families struggle with it. Even families with great challenges succeed. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember, there are no perfect families in the scriptures and there are no perfect families on this earth. We are all trying our very, very best. Have a great day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.